everybody. Welcome back to Gilmore to Consider with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. We're back for Hot Takes on Hot Plates Part 2. Spice World. <laughs> Truly. We didn't even get through all of the spicy takes on the voicemail because there were so many. You guys called in with so many unpopular opinions. I love it. But before we get there, I actually wanted to share something about our Gilmore to Consider last week because someone called in saying that they did not like the Gilmore Girls theme song. And actually... We got a couple other voicemails like that where people called in saying they didn't like where you lead. And Mm. I wanted to double check before we put it out there. I was like, that was re-recorded with Carol King and her daughter, right? And I Googled it. And you know what came up was this article that was posted in 2020 about why where you lead and Carol re-recording it with her daughter was so special. And so it says here, nearly 50 years ago, the track Where You Lead almost didn't make it onto Carol King's breakthrough album, Tapestry, which was interesting. I didn't realize that the song almost didn't make it on there. But it says... King was never really comfortable with its codependent lyrics, so she rarely performed it live. Therefore, when King was approached three decades later by Gilmore Girls creator Amy Sherman Palladino to have Where You Lead be the show's TV theme song, King asked if she could update it as a mother-daughter duet. Stop. Isn't that so special? That immediately made me want to cry. It says the original romantic lyric had a stand by your man flavor. You know, I'll go anywhere to follow you. She much preferred having that be about her kid. Uh, It almost feels a bit like you wouldn't want to say that about a man because it kind of lacks the dignity of self-value. Whereas with a child, it's this great act of sacrifice that you're willing to make. Why am I crying? Haley's crying. (laughs) I just looked up and I didn't know you were crying. Isn't that so That's beautiful? Really sweet. But like that makes the song so much more special because we were talking last week about how, you know, yeah, maybe we could have had something different and now, nope, yeah. done, sold. I'm sold no. on it. I just love the idea that like when Carol King put that on there, she didn't want to perform it because she didn't like like the message that it was sending. Mm. But then like all these years later, she gets to take this thing that maybe she didn't love quite as much as she wanted to yeah. and apply it to something that like she does love and that like it's not necessarily a codependency but more of just like that undying love between a mother and a daughter I know I'm gonna start crying again. <laughs> I know I just find that That's to be really so special sweet. that it like shifted the meaning of the song for her but that originally Amy approached her about using where you lead yeah and kind of shifted the narrative maybe for Carol King to go, oh yeah, I'm going to re-record this with my daughter. That's who really is sweet. also in Partings, isn't she? Is she? Who's the who's the singer-songwriter who's who's there when um, the town troubadour chases her and is like, I'm calling mom. I is think that, that in a revival? I think that's in the revival. That's in the that's, revival. That's, that's Carol, Carol King's, King's daughter. daughter. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Isn't that special? That's so special. Yeah. I love everything about that. Wow. I didn't know I was going to start this episode crying. I know. All right. Well, let's turn that frown upside down. We're going to talk about some hot takes. <laughs> no, but it's good cries. It's good I know. Tears. It's good tears. I love oh, it. Oh, man. But anyway, we are here to talk about more hot takes. From sensitive to spicy. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people have like the same unpopular opinions. So these yeah. are ones that I feel like maybe were a little more unique. A little more unique or honestly, swinging the pendulum the other way, ones that a lot of people called in about. So that's where we're going to kind of start today because we, we've we talked a lot about which seasons are our faves. You know, we rank them. We talk about the episodes that we like. Obviously, you're a later seasons girly. I'm an early seasons girly. But where that dividing yeah. line is is season four. And we've talked about how that gets lost a little bit. Some of our besties called in with their thoughts on season four. Hi, Tara and Haley. This is Bestie Jenna. Um, I am listening currently to your most recent Gilmore to Consider 
Comfort Chemistry and Christopher Hayden. And I literally had to pause it and call you guys because you're going over like comfort seasons and comfort episodes. And you just mentioned how nobody is a season four girly. Nobody likes season four episodes or ever picks them out for comfort. And I just have to say, I am a season four girly. I don't know what it is. I think it's because I have been watching Gilmore Girls for almost 10 years now, and it really didn't start to resonate with me until I was in college, and especially season four. It's when Rory is going off to college, and she's dealing with all of that navigation, and I think that's why I always go for season four, because I related to it so much, and it just feels so comfortable for me. It's my mac and cheese. It's my comfort socks, and my cozy slippers, it's everything for me. So, you know, it's me. I'm the problem. It's fine. I am a season four girly. I am so proud of it. I love you guys. Jenna. Jenna, I think you're Haley's not the gonna problem. Cry again. <laughs> Haley looks like she's going to cry again. It's possible. I Am I just really emotional today? Because I'm, I'm really emotional today, too. Because that really got me. <laughs> yes, there's a voicemail I'm going to play later that actually like made me cry. I can't wait to play for you guys. But yeah, I'm just in like that emotional mac and cheese place today. So that's why I was excited. It was when she said mac and cheese. I was like, I just like the idea that like mac and cheese Jenna is like season four of Gilmore Girls. Yes. And that, like, Jenna, you're not the problem at all. You can totally be a season four girly. I do recognize that one of the reasons that I feel like a lot of people skip over four in terms of teams is because, or rather, the reason that people skip over four is because of teams. Like if your team Jess, mm. Jess is left. If your team Logan, he comes in the next one. Yeah, um, nobody's so team it's Dean, like, so... No one's Team Dean. He's not even in a good light this season, is he? Well, he's like not in as bad a light as he is in season five. Very true. It almost felt like they were trying to redeem him as like like her pillar and safe space. Yeah. And then, you know, we all know what happens, but. (laughs) We do. And if you don't, how did you end up here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I think that. Part of being like a season four girly is like you have to be team Rory to some extent that you have to like this character and you have to like like the journey that she's going on Mm. or at least like want to watch it because I know a lot of people they like cut off after three or they start at five because they just like don't like who Rory is this season but like I think I think she's just something different is happening for her and she's sort of finding her way in a new way yeah very eloquent (laughs) no I completely agree I think a lot of the reason why people tend to skip over it honestly it has to do a little bit with the fact that Rory's not really seeing anybody like we mentioned before she has Dean and he's like this pillar in her life now that she goes to it's a shoulder to cry on you can see that their relationship is starting to rekindle also that he never really stopped loving her and that he's in this relationship with Lindsay that's seemingly fine but he's still tethered to her in a lot of ways and obviously the way it ends is very chaotic but we also get to watch Lorelai kind of yeah find herself and we watch it lead her to Luke and um she's going through kind of a tumultuous time herself so both of these girlies are navigating they're like navigating these new chapters or like the turning point towards these new chapters where Lorelai's building the inn Rory's finding her footing at college they're in the rebuilding phase of their lives and that can feel a little uncomfortable it to that effect I do wonder what like percentage of people because I know that like we both really like favor Rory's storylines like when we're watching that it's like we're less invested in Lorelai even if like as a character at points we 
prefer Lorelai. Oh, yeah. I fully do. And I also view Lorelai as the main character. However, I am always zeroed in on Rory's relationships. Yeah. So I wonder if part of loving season four so much is like maybe being more invested in Lorelai. Because Mm. like while it is a rebuilding time for her, I feel like this is like kind of like the best of her and Luke in some ways because it's like the tension is really finally like feels like it's like burning hot and like Mm -hmm. she is with Jason and like he does have this thing with Nicole but I feel like their relationship is so clearly headed to like a specific point at the end of this Mm -hmm. that like it's really interesting to see how her story unfolds in that way yeah what are some of your favorite episodes of season four? I know you love the Lorelei's first day at Yale. I love the Lorelei's first day at Yale. I One of the best episodes of the series. I really love Ted Koppel's Big Night Me Out. Me too. Um, I love her date with Jason. I love Pennell and Lot. Like, what a dream. Um, I like a lot of, like, the end of the season. Like, I like when Grand dies. I was um, going to say, the reigning Lorelei. <laughs> I don't like that she dies, but, like. Yeah, no. You, I, I you, like love the, you love the conflict surrounding her death. Yeah. I like when um, Jess comes back in, like, a family matter. Mm. I, I guess I do. I really love, like, the like the later half of season four the most. Yeah. Though. I love Raincoats and Recipes. Great episode. Even though, you know, the chaos of Rory's choices come to light. Oh. <laughs> Alaba. I know. Spring Break. Yes. Girls I in also love uh, Girls in Bikinis, Boys Doing the Twist. Spring Break. Yeah. Last week fights us week tight. Yeah. I also love tick 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 boom. Okay, like so I, do we love season four? We just listed basically yeah. all the episodes. <laughs> I think the only thing I don't like about season four is like I don't know. I, I actually I had an answer for that, but then I like took it back because it's like the thing of like I love the drama. Like chicken or beef is like what an eye roll but I also love it yeah for sure season four is not super low for me in my ranking I don't think I think it's kind of mid well I think that once we get there on patreon we'll be able to kind of have a little bit of a clearer idea of where we stand on it I will say like all of season four though feels like fall to me like if like this whole season can be a season Mm. it like that that one always feels most fall like to Mm. me for whatever reason okay interesting I don't know why I think it's truly because, like, the thing that I, like, see most clearly in my head is, like, Rory in, uh, like, at the football game and her sweat in her white sweater. Oh, that's Rory true. Rory with, like, the newspaper hat with the red sweater on. I think it's just, like, the the memorable moments are from there. Yeah. All so in maybe all, we I, do like it. <laughs> I think that we never said we didn't like it. I think we said that it wasn't our comfort season. Yeah. I don't think there's anything about this show that we necessarily, like, outright dislike. Except for season seven. I did say that, and yeah, then you said immediately that very, was like, <laughs> very skeptically. <laughs> In the middle I of that, I really, thought. really wish this was a visual medium because I wish you all had seen like, <laughs> the thought process behind Haley's eyes as the you sentence saw came the out of her mouth. Through my she eyes. literally, like, <laughs> she was talking. Her eyes were up, and then by the end of the sentence, her eyes were just clearly on the ground <laughs> she's like I, i've made a mistake <laughs> i've made a mistake no yeah <laughs> oh that was gorgeous oh. anyway i like four better than one i will say okay okay i i can totally understand that one is a comfort season for me because that yeah. is where i always sat when I was a kid, like that was a big, big season yeah. for me. So I think that's why I guess I technically prefer one to four. But all in all, like I do love a lot of the episodes in season four. I would actually and I know you're going to disagree because it's a no skip season for you, but I prefer season four over season six. That's fair. And like 
you can be wrong and that's okay. We're all wrong sometimes. <laughs> From like a comfort standpoint. It's not very comfortable, is it? No, it's not very comfortable. We I all know it. where you we all know where you lie. But anyway, Jenna, thank you so much for calling in. Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members earn cash back on everything that they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category, including beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, and more. And as you all know, I love shopping through the Rakuten app. Every time I shop online, I always start there to see what the cashback deals are. It's incredibly user-friendly, membership is free, and it's easy to sign up. The best part is you can maximize your savings by stacking cashback on top of other deals because the app lets you know what the store sales and coupons are at your favorite places to shop. Speaking of favorite places to shop, I love shopping Anthropology's post-holiday sale where they put their clearance on clearance. This year, not only did I get savings on top of savings, but I also got cash back by shopping their sale through Rakuten. Cashback rates are changing daily, so make sure that you check their site or your app to snag the best deals. Start all of your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app like me to start your saving today. Your cashback really adds up. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tacovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you, but I also know <laughs> you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tacovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tacovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tacovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tacovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tacovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. It's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 
15% off the Recess Mood sampler pack at takearecess.com GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. This next caller had an opinion about somebody that we meet in season four. Ooh, there is someone we didn't mention. Hey, besties. It's Avery here. So um, I have an unpopular opinion. And my unpopular, unpopular opinion is that I'm Team Marty. I know it's a pretty controversial take. And um, please don't beat my ass for this because I know, Haley, that you're Team Logan. But... I felt like Marty should have deserved more, especially season season seven, but we won't talk about it. I feel like Marty, he gives Rory space, and he's funny, and I think he's cute, too. And I wish that he was just given more respect. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks. Bye. I think that I once sent you a Marco Polo talking about how I would climb Marty like a tree and tend Koppel's Big Night Out. You did. <laughs> I can confirm you did indeed. <laughs> Should I have said that so openly? Um, <laughs> but like, it's when he comes up to her in that episode. I think I do think I've talked about this before on the pod. I can't remember when he comes up to her and like invites her to the party. Like, comes Marty invites her to the party. Marty's party. Marty's party. Like at wherever the quad was yeah, or whatever. Somewhere. Something happened and he brought her there. He came to bring her to there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if a boy sought me out at my family's tailgate and was like looking as cute as Marty did, I would I'd be thrilled. Yeah. Absolutely thrilled. Totally. No, I you totally... were you were like, Am I attracted to Marty? And I was like, probably not. Just now. <laughs> Just in this I was. moment. Yeah. Like in that in that instance, like he's not a bad looking guy. No, like, you no, know, no. he definitely he's got isn't. a lot of height to him. I think that for me, the reason that I've never been like, a, oh, Marty deserved a chance is because I just really liked their friendship. Yeah. And I think sometimes people are just meant to be friends. Yeah. I mean, there is like a level of like a relationship that is built on friendship. But then mm. there are some friendships that just need to stay there. <laughs> and that's, that's kind it. of how I felt about Marty. I recognize that people wanted her to give him that chance. But again, I just don't think everybody needs to have that opportunity to take the friendship to a romantic place well then that's the question does team marty imply that you think that the best choice for rory gilmore is to end up with marty or it's like of those boyfriends you're like you like marty the best and well, you that's wish the you age had old a chance. question when it comes to teams yeah because like you're team jess but like do you think it's because jess is the best person to be with rory gilmore or is it more of like I love Jess. And I've spoken to this before on pod, I believe. At the time when I was watching the show, growing up with the show, replaying the kiss at Suki's wedding over and over and over and over again on my portable DVD player at five o'clock in the morning when I should have been sleeping in preparation to go to school. I wanted the two of them together because it was like that will they won't they, you know, kind of what we were talking about with Luke and Lorelai on last week's Gilmore to consider the anticipation of it was so strong. In hindsight, he was not a good boyfriend to her. However, when he comes back in the ways in which he shows up later in her life 
as he's evolved as a character, I personally think he would be a great partner to her. So you're so you're team Jess and like the this is the best person for Rory team. Well, like I, here's the thing. Here's my caveat <laughs> to that. She also changed drastically as well. Yeah. And at the end of the day, do I necessarily think that she deserves Jess for where mm-hmm. he's at now? No, I do not. Do you think, I think he deserves Jess yes, for I where do. he's at now? Yes, I do. <laughs> On that note, it's a yes for me. <laughs> But I think that where she lands and kind of the last place we meet her at, she's really lost. And, you know, we obviously don't get the same exact lens of Jess's life. We're not following him around. It's not his story. Right. So we don't know where he's at. We're catching glimpses of him. And those glimpses look really, really good. Like he's on really solid ground and he's guiding her in that direction that we've spoken to, that he's really a guidepost for her. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean he has it all together. That's just kind of implied that he's really pulled himself together based on the conversations he has with Rory and honestly based on the conversations he has with Luke. So I don't know that with where Rory's at in her life that she could necessarily be a solid partner for Jess. However, I do think that we watch her and Logan as really, really good companionship together (laughs) in the revival for where they both land. It's messy. It's a little toxic. It is a little messy, is but it, it not? But it is, I would say, compatible for where they're at. And maybe I'll change my mind on that, but I think that what we've seen of Jess, he's on more solid, stable, emotional ground by the time we get to the revival. From what we know. What we From can. what we're told. Yeah. Yeah. Though, to that point then, I wonder if Avery is Team Marty, like, team potential of Marty. Like, she saw the friendship. Of course. She wanted... You know, yeah, she wanted them never to go really back in and watch Ducks see them. Yeah. And that's the thing is when you don't really get to see the full potential of a relationship, it's always going to be a what if. And that always makes it easy to manipulate in your mind. Right. Because you're like, ooh, yeah. what could this have been? Well, it could have gone several different ways. For me, I just never saw the attraction. And we've talked about chemistry on this show and where it lies and where it doesn't. And I just felt like their chemistry was strictly friendship. Yeah, because like every time I think of Rory and Marty, I think of Rory's legs over his lap. Me too. Every it time. drives me nuts. Anytime anyone says his name, I'm like her in that red sweater, mm-hmm. them watching Duck Soup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do, I will commend Marty because a lot of people talk about the fact that like he's a nice guy, like nice guys are never the good guys, like or mm. self-proclaimed nice guys rather. I think that him like ending their friendship when he was like, I can't really do this. Like, yeah, I was very good on his behalf for drawing a boundary and being like, I have feelings for you and this is never going to be the same. And it would be like toxic of me to sit here and try and be your friend for your sake when I know this won't work for me. Yeah, no, that's really hard to do. Also, his contract probably ended with the show. Probably. (laughs) Probably. But all in all, I, I, I don't disparage those who find themselves to be team marty yeah if anybody else is team marty out there i'm really curious i want more of a yeah more of a deep dive into is it because he's the best person for rory is it because you think that he's the best of the guys Mm. like 
I want to know. Yeah. I talk to some more Team Marty girlies. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a character we don't really dive into too often. We mention him when it comes to, you know, fantasy boyfriends and, and Rory's romantic interests and who, you know, fell head over heels for her the minute they met her and whatnot. But we don't ever really, yeah. like, get into his character. And maybe that's because we didn't get to see as much of him as we did all these other people, he kind of falls into the same category as like Tristan, right? We catch glimpses of them, but we don't really ever We get a little bit more of the vulnerability of Tristan than we do of Marty. We just know that his uncle was his dad. Yes, that was the first scene that came to mind. I was like, what are you talking about? His uncle is his his father. Yeah, that's... um well, that's wild. Yeah, Someone write some fan fiction on Marty and send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> but Avery, thank you so much for calling in. I love a teen Marty girly. Yeah. Thanks, Avery. <laughs> in the same vein of season four, we were talking about the reigning Lorelai. And two characters that we really see unravel in season four are Richard and Emily. Because mm, they're yes. about to be at odds. And that kind of you know bleeds into season five. But this is when we start to really humanize them a little bit. Because they're no longer, nor were they ever this picture-perfect couple. But they've always been a very solid couple on this series. And we start to really see that unfurl. And one of our listeners called in with her take on Emily Gilmore. So let's hear from Christine. Hi, besties. Um, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I can listen to you guys all day long, and I love you very much. My name is Christine, and I just listened to one of your podcasts where one of your besties described herself as older. Well, I'm 66 years old, and I've loved the Gilmore Girls for years. I have what I think is an unpopular opinion. I absolutely love Emily Gilmore. I love the dynamic between Lorelai and Emily. I love how she's smart and witty. She can give as good as she gets. I love how she's very loyal to family and Richard and his business. And we also see her vulnerable side. I mean, her whole intent with lending money to Lorelai is to have a closer relationship with her and Rory. She's done mean things, but always with her daughter's best interest at heart. I know that she can manipulate people, but I tend to blame the people for being too weak to go their own course and allowing themselves to be manipulated. Maybe it's my age talking, but anyhow, that's my unpopular opinion. Love you guys. Bye. Remember earlier when I said a voicemail today made me cry? I don't know why Christine's voicemail made me so emotional. I think oh it's gosh. I think it's because she's she's around the same age as my mom, so that just like hit me in the feels. Hi, Christine. We're so glad you're Hi, here. Hi, Christine. That just made my heart really happy. And also, hell yeah, Emily Gilmore is an icon. I love her. An icon. I mean, I think she's painted as the villain in a lot of ways, and I understand that she can be super manipulative. So can a lot of characters on this show. But I think that season four particularly, I mean, we catch a lot of glimpses of it, but when everything happens in Ted Koppel's big night out and Richard betrays her when Trix dies and she finds the letter about Penelin Lot, like all of those things that start to really hit home. It's like, yeah. we stan Emily Gilmore. I like the point that she made that like, yeah, she's manipulative, but she blames it on the people around her for like being too weak to go their own way. Um, <laughs> cracked me up. Yeah. Um, but no, like everyone on the show has like a manipulative streak to them. And like, yeah, it is pretty toxic to like pull your daughter back into your life by giving her money and like that kind of being like the only real way that you can like connect with her but like it's really the only way that she's let she being Lorelai has let Emily connect with her Mm. um and she really does want to show up for her I think we've talked about this a lot which is that 
Emily is totally team Lorelai. That one of the biggest problems in season four beyond the Penelope Lot thing is that Richard is going against Lorelai because mm-hmm. of the whole Jason thing. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of her problems with him always fall back to Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, of course, the Penelope Lot thing cannot be dismissed. But I think a lot of things that push her over the edge is when he gets too close to hurting what she has built with Lorelai. And in a lot of ways, she can destroy it herself, no problem. Next season, she does it just perfectly fine. But it's always because she wants the best for her. And, like, that doesn't mean that that is, like, an excuse, a pass. Mm. But, like, as, like, a character on the show she's incredible she is hilarious she is so strong she is so smart and she is that like typical like housewife role that she like was looking to fulfill when she was a smith girl and met a yale man Mm. but she's become so much more than that like she's such like a dynamic person i know i love her oh gosh she adds so much depth to this show and what I kind of love that we discover is that Lorelai is a lot more like her than oh, yeah. she'd care to admit. Like and mother, like daughter. Truly. But I love the dynamic of the Gilmore Girls, of Rory and Lorelai, because that is really what the show centers around. But I think oftentimes we forget that it's also about Lorelai's dynamic with her, with Emily. and But Emily is a standalone character is just fabulous. And all I can think of is that moment in The Raining Lorelai when she's in her robe and she has a cigarette and the drink. It's that one in the Shira moment. And we've got magic to do when she tells off Shira for putting Rory down at their dinner. The... Also at the top of that list for me is season five, episode one, when she climbs out the window and she's oh, pantsless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like so what many, an icon. There's so many good moments with her. The other thing that Christine was, she's like really loyal to her family. She and to is. Richard. Well, and yeah. Like, and that shows in the Shira moment. Yeah. For sure. Oh, and I love, I love that so much. Yeah. But like some of my favorite moments between like in the show are the moments between Lorelai and Emily when they're fighting mm. because She's like fighting against herself, but fighting for Lorelai in all of these moments. Mm. And it's just like, hands down, Kelly Bishop and Lauren Graham, like really deliver some of the best moments on the show, at least conflict wise. Their fights, top 10, every single one of them. I know. Well, what's special about her character is that I think you're meant to not like her because like I said before, she's supposed to kind of be a little bit of the antagonist in this story, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I love loving an antagonist and I think that's kind of the point of her character is to also kind of realize that she's not really the antagonist that there's like a lot of antagonistic behavior that comes from a lot of different characters in the show that creates that dynamic between them and I think a lot of people like the comment they'll comment on like TikToks and Instagram saying like growing up is realizing that Richard and Emily were right all along and it's like that's not true like no like there there is a lot of like bad that they have put into this relationship with their daughter they got to a point where she literally ran away like that's not that's not a happy home where the daughter just doesn't understand what's going on no that was clearly a very controlling environment for Lorelai so she needed to get out of there like two things can be true at the same time they could have been doing their best and and thinking that they were doing what was right for Lorelai and guiding her down a certain path but that also may not have been the right path for Lorelai so I I love where their character growth goes, yeah, but definitely. especially Emily. Yeah. Oh, just the her whole arc from beginning to end. I kind of want to hear some from some people who like don't like her. Like, is there anyone who just like outright doesn't like Emily Gilmore? I'm sure there are, and I want to hear why. 
Yeah. Like, tell me, tell me if you like originally liked her, and if the, as the show went on, you grew not to like her from like the very beginning. You were like, mm. I don't like this woman. Like she yeah. needs to leave the show, get out of here, <laughs> be gone. <laughs> be there gone. Has to be someone. There probably are, and there are, like I said before, so many other voicemails for us to sift through for some hot takes, but we're so grateful that we were able to talk about season four a little bit today that you guys called in and that we were able to explore a season that, you know, like a lot of people called in to say is is kind of undervalued, a little under-recognized because it doesn't fall into like that early seasons, later seasons. It's very mid, you it know? It is the middle. <laughs> it is indeed. So thank you to all our besties who called in today. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about our birthdays. It's actually Haley's birthday on Saturday. Happy early yes. birthday, Haley. Thanks. And then Tara is a week later. I know. That's why we split the difference in our birthdays on the 6th. <laughs> so we've got some fun things planned and we can't wait. Until next time. Until next time. If you have more for us to consider, unpopular opinions, spicy takes, things you think we're forgetting, or you just want to say hi, give our voicemail a call at 860-578-4653. That's 860-578-4653. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.